950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. As you can imagine, with the fact that I have had a, once again, COVID strike a little closer to home, it's why not have Dr. Joe Eastman come join us again. Our COVID modeling expert, he's, of course, worked for NASA, he's worked for the LTER, uh, worked for Colorado State University, currently on the University of Texas Austin COVID modeling team, living in Grand Rapids, kind enough to join us today to talk about all things COVID. Uh, hey, Dr. Joe, how are you? I'm doing great, but I'll get better. I, I, I really need to know how you are doing. I missed the very first 10 minutes of the show today, so well, I didn't hear what was going on. Well, it's not me. It, we, we were supposed to go up uh, for the four-day weekend. We were supposed to head up north to the cabin, and we got a call Thursday night as we're packing things up saying, oh, by the way, one of the people that's come came out from the East Coast, had COVID. They tested positive for COVID and so ended up kind of, you know, you know, derailing the weekend. Whoa. Obviously, first of all, this, it's the, the all the concern is for her. She's basically doing better, which is good. They've got the, uh, was it Provaxlin, the, the, the prescription stuff that they got. And, uh, you know, you know, she's just been resting. Uh, but, you know, it looks like she's doing better, which is good news. Obviously, this is you know it's it's kind of one of those things. They're not quite sure where they got it for from. I mean, what's the what, if I can ask you? You know this better than I do. What's the incubation time for being exposed to COVID to being testing positive for COVID? Uh, it it varies a little bit, but roughly three days is about about the uh, benchmark for that. So um, yeah, there's probably other people infected by her. And, mm. um, wow. <laughs> well, and she I, and, yeah. Well, and she and she basically, well, yeah, she got that, and, and she's she's feeling better. So three days would mean she got it before the flight. So, I, you know, am I crazy here? I'm seeing a lot of all of a sudden. I'm seeing COVID cases start to pop up all over the place again. It's um, you know, my newest wastewater estimates and uh, other scientists are well over four hundred thousand new cases per day. Um, if you to put that in perspective, the first massive wave, you know, from the original uh, wild type variant uh, w- back in uh, 2020, 21 was uh, about 300,000 a day. Uh, the only difference was people were dying at nearly a 10 percent rate, and it's down to one percent now. Um, so it. Um, it doesn't appear as frightening, but then when you factor in the number of people getting long COVID and the excess deaths caused by that, um, it, it, we're at a scary juncture right now. I'll just put it bluntly. Um, we it is not over. We, we there's a lot of people that are saying it's over. Uh, One million new COVID cases happen worldwide globally. Uh, in the 28 days leading up to August 3rd, that's 1 million new cases. Uh, the total amount of deaths, so once again, deaths are down, 3,100 total deaths worldwide. But at the same time, it you know it, it doesn't factor in the long COVID and the, and the con- conditions there uh, that obviously are, are are still a big part of this problem. Okay, so let's let's talk about this this these variants what are the variants that we're seeing that are all of a sudden starting to become a little bit more i don't want to say resilient but they're starting to become more more common we're starting to see more of them yeah yeah the um the the big one right now is of course the uh, eg.5 and uh, also fl.1.5 
and they have a uh, particular mutation that is um, somewhat concerning on the spike protein, and um, what it does is it bonds even tighter to uh, to the infection site, the ACE receptor on your cells, and dislodging it is really tough right now. Um, you know, personally, I know some people that have gotten their butts kicked by this this newest strain, and they can't seem to get over it for a long time. And then you look at Hawaii. I don't know if you've ever been there, but the amount of influx of Japanese tourists in Hawaii is, is pretty astonishing. And all of a sudden, they're seeing numbers that they haven't seen in over two years. Um, so it's, you know, worldwide, this new mutation is roughly, roughly 35% of new mutations have this. And then when it's combined with what we call the flip gene mutation, one, one is at the F, between the F and L sites of the gene, and the other is between the L and the F. So thus we call it the flip flip gene <laughs> mutation combination. And th- that one is also the L455F mutation uh, is creating uh, an even better immune evasion to uh, your T cells and B cells and all the cells that do the work to fight it off. So um, this thing, you know, all the mutations used to be on the body, and now we're starting to see some more spike mutations and that. It's getting really frightening to me um, just because of the longevity, and, and that's why you're getting this long COVID, and the asymptomatic rates because of the immune evasion are just going through the roof right now. So we don't even know how many people are walking around us that have it, and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. So um, we're we're in a horrible situation right now. Um, and, uh, the- I hate- well, it's the EG5 and FL.1.5. Where, any idea where those originated from? I, gosh, um, just something I should know. Um, my, That's all right. I had chemo today. My chemo brain is not working on that one right now. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I cannot remember for the life of me, but uh, I'll make sure I put that out to you and uh, you can let, your, let the people know. Um, believe one of them was in southeast asia um was the the place of origin so um you know and again you look at china and uh 65 million cases a day (laughs) just put that in perspective they're starting to feel it in their workforce now so um once it starts affecting the economy all of a sudden people start paying a little more attention to it unfortunately should be doing this uh, for the last three years. Well, but, um, the fatality rate, though, is, is the fatality rate less on, on these, or is it in that same? Because, like I said, for a while there, it was really bad, and those first strains were really high. But it, it's calmed down to a point. I mean, it still is pretty dangerous if you think about them, the scheme of, of illnesses. Even one out of 100 is a pretty uh, is a pretty atrocious return on that. But, uh, you know, right. is, is, is are you are they seeing a spike in deaths with this? Uh not not yet, um, but uh, you know it's mainly because we've we've learned how to treat it better for one thing. I yeah. mean, some of the things we're doing initially were just plain wrong, and uh, that was leading to some of the fatalities, unfortunately. But uh, we've learned a lot, 
And like we say, we got it down to 1%, which still ain't great. I mean, when you start getting uh, 400,000 plus cases a day just here in the United States, uh, that translates to a lot of, lot of death. And it's unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, what we've done is we have, we're just, we just keep, we're not using our intelligence. You know, the virus has no intelligence, but boy, it's really good at natural selection because we're letting it keep breeding. And the more times it breeds, the more mutations. And some of those mutations are going to catch on and, and spread to other variants and recombinants and, and such. So um, we we can't continue like we are right now. And uh, hopefully people will read. I, I think I put a pretty good newsletter today on on just where we should go and, and masking and boosters and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not a good situation. And I'll put a link out to that newsletter a little bit later on. Uh, you also have another uh, another variant here, which you're concerned about, XBB.2.3. Where's What's that one? Yeah, and that was one that kind of flew under my radar. You know, everybody is concentrating on the EG51 and, and uh, ignored the uh, FL15 and in this XBB23, which also has similar mutations. That one spike mutant routine or spike uh, uh, mutation that I was talking about with the uh, F F to L mutation. And um, it, you know, and if you look at it countrywide, each area or region of the country. It's got a different dominant variant right now, and this goes back to something I've been saying for over three years. Local mitigation strategies and and uh, compliance truly matter, including weather and things like that. We need to get a handle on this, and uh, each area now has kind of their own own climate virus climate that's that's going on. And XBB two point three is is leading in one of the regions of the United States right now. The other one's FL15 and another region, and then and then the one we keep hearing about now, the EG5.1. So <laughs> it is a very complicated situation that is pretty much of our own doing. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Dr. Joe Eastman and joining us right now. Now, the last time we talked with you, you said it probably would be a good idea to wait until the fall booster you know not mess with the current one go wait to the fall booster and just get it then have you changed your mind on that are you like okay no at this point just go get a booster um i actually you know the cdc kind of messed this one up for us again um all of a sudden they're saying october um we want to wait another month if if you're on the edge and you're past your six months maybe I, I I don't know if I would, you know, just endorse getting the, the old booster. But if you look at a genetic map of this booster and compare it with, like, the EG5.1 or FL1.5, it is the best match by far of any vaccine booster we have had since this whole thing started. So if you can hold out, get that and the RS. Our RSV vaccine at the same time, and then maybe wait a couple of weeks and then get your flu shot. Uh, that's kind of the protocol I've been 
recommending to others, and uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So um, that would be my best advice right now. All right, and and that and that and, and that vaccine is available once again. When when are they expecting that one to be available? Uh, the beginning of October was right. supposed to be the beginning of September, so yeah. we're another month off. And, and the thing is, the CDC needs to be promoting this just gung-ho. I tend to hear crickets. Nobody knows when this thing's coming out. Well, that's partially their fault, and that's part of their job is give us just common language information about what the heck is going on mm-hmm. and what to expect down the road. But... Um, We'll see if they change. The new director is just getting installed there and up to speed. So we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, the other thing is uh, the hospitals are starting to go back to some masking, but not enough. I mean, that's the most obvious place for it. And then we got the kids coming back to school time. And, uh, you know, it's really sporadic how much we've retrofitted our HVAC systems in, in the schools. And, of course, we have no mask mandate in the schools either so um we're we're going to see the kids spreading that and the uh, the flu um i i think this is going to be a long winter uh, i'm sorry to say you you talked about the cdc and the failures there but the reality is is it sounds like a lot of places are you you're one of the notes you sent me here of the wastewater regions, only three of nine have reported. That means six. That means two-thirds of the wastewater regions haven't reported. Now, have they not reported because they just were running late, or are they just not reporting anymore? Um, it's, a, it's a combination of both. Um, what's happened was, you know, the debt ceiling bill pretty much targeted cuts in funding that could be used by these communities. Um for COVID and wastewater and such, some of the plants are just quit reporting now. And they said, heck with it. Um, if, if this is not not uh, needed and it's costing us money, then we got to shut it down. And then what happens is the whole CDC and the BioBot people, they got to go through uh, new normalization processes and things like that to get the data, you know, QA'd and QC'd so that it's the best data set that they can deliver. And obviously there's places that are falling behind right now. Um, if you look at this worldwide, uh, I got uh, wastewater numbers from all over the globe. I'm working with a World Health Network on that kind of project right now. And what you see is um, this EG 5.1 just exploding in countries all over the place um i'll send you that graph it is so dramatic and um it's a a big pause for concern it's not going away we you know it's it's you need to get vaccinated um I mean, for for your suggestion right now, if if you had your say, pretty much if you're going anywhere right now, masking is probably it's not the worst idea to bring it back again. Right, exactly. Uh, right. It's it's definitely needed, and I put a little thing in there today about uh, from a philosopher and how she uh, uh, the Asian countries look at this, and they're like, why do you people ask them why do you mask for our health, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but uh, we politicized it, and I don't know if we'll ever get back to the the peak of about 70% compliance for masking. And 
we need to do that, not just when these upticks come, but for an extended period so we can buy some time to really come up with our best best solutions possible and give us scientists more time to evaluate what's what's going on. We are really getting a handle on the genetic mutations and, and what kind of symptoms they're going to cause and how they're going to give the virus a growth advantage. So that is all good news, but then the bad news is the funding's drying up because mm-hmm. everybody thinks it's over. <laughs> so. Well, and it's and it's like it is. It's political. Trump basically turned, you know, used it as to, to help his political aspirations. And there are so many people here that are just are so willing to go with it. It's it's sad. Uh, all right, we you've given us some advice. We know what we need to do. Whether people will do it, that's not much can say. But I can tell you right now, I'm seeing it, and it's impacting people already. So, and and as you said, when the kids got back in school, what what happened every year? It got really bad. If this EG5 is out there, it's in and the kids have got it. It's going to it's it's going to do what the other ones did, and I think it's going to be hard to convince people to go back. But hopefully, you know it it's it's not you know hopefully it's not as deadly as some of the other strains. Very well said, and mm-hmm. yeah, we we do have our medical treatments on on our side, um, but they're quickly running out of effectiveness. So. Um, we need more research. <laughs> Dr. Joe, I appreciate the time as always. I'm going to put out the newsletter. Follow his newsletter. He's got a lot of great information there. And frankly, just be careful. Um, it's We don't want you sick. We don't want you dead. And we don't want you bankrupt for the rest of your life. So basically, there's that's the deal. That's the whole point. Uh, Dr. Joe, as always, I was hoping to see you this weekend. I, unfortunately, I'm going to miss you. Maybe I'll try another time. All my best. Take care. And uh, thank you very much as always, my friend. Thank you, kind sir, as always. Take care. You stay safe. You bet. Dr. Joe Eastman, kind enough to join us today, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. The Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.